Hey, Schmazettes, you're listening to Listen with Patty and Emily. I'm Patty. And I'm Emily. Five, six, seven, eight. Patty and Emily, most obsessively talking about all your favorite Broadway shows. Patty and Emily, thoughts and comedy from Broadway superfans. From Broadway superfans. Well, we asked and the Schmazats delivered. <laughs> we have uh, some pretty great responses to our question about what shows you did in high school. I can't wait to find out. And, I mean, keep them coming because I really do think that this is a fascinating topic in general. So. Mm. so on Twitter, we get a lot of great responses from Louise, who I believe is from New Zealand. She said cool. she left high school three years ago, but they did Urine Town, Bat Boy, and <gasps> Blood Brothers. That's amazing. Those are great. Those are great choices. That's so cool. Blood Brothers is interesting because even though it's like dark, it does sort of have, it's like a tale of, uh, like it's a warning. So Mm. it's not really just like, like violence for violence sake. Right. You know? Um, Tommy said they did One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Steel Magnolias, Drood, and now they're in rehearsal for Peter and the Starcatcher. Oh. Which one of my friends from college is a music teacher and so does a lot of the shows. I don't think strictly just musicals, but he also is directing Peter and the Starcatcher right now. So I think that's maybe like on next I feel year's like list. That is a great, great fucking show for for students to do yeah absolutely and like there's so much creativity that you have to do like as a group to make that show work to put it together like what a cool show to do yeah and it's like you can do a lot on a little budget yeah because that's sort of the whole con like conceit of that direction right yeah um, Elon, if I'm saying your name wrong, I apologize. Their school is doing an all-female production of 1776. Amazing! Oh, that's so awesome. That is fantastic. Now, Logan sent us a picture of, it, maybe it's from, like, the drama clubs, like, end of the year banquet or something, but it's every musical they've done since 1980. <gasps> So here it is. Ready? Starting with 1980, South Pacific. Of course. Oklahoma. Sure. And this isn't every year. I don't know. Maybe they, you know, like it went from 80 to 82 to 88. So there were no musicals. Maybe they didn't have money in the 80s. I know. So in 88, Maybe the school, the arts program was cut for a few years. Damn 80s. Capitalism. Little Mary Sunshine. (laughs) I don't, I've heard of it, but I don't actually know that show. It's like a really old musical. (laughs) Then Guys and Dolls, Dames at Sea, Mame, Anything Mm -hmm. Goes, The King and I. Yes. Oh, God. Oliver. Well, yeah, that's a good question. (laughs) 
Uh, Oliver, solid, yeah. Strangling. 1996. Wait, wait, wait. 1996. I might have also done Oliver that same year. Whoa. I think it. Yeah, yeah, I did. That's really funny. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, close to it was either 96 or 95. 97, me and my girl. Nice. 98, The Sound of Music. So far, no repeats. That's impressive. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, 99, Bye Bye Birdie. (laughs) 2000, How to Succeed. 2001, The Most Happy Fella. Oh, I see why they skipped years, because now the next one is listed as 1979 and 2002. Oh, because there was doubles. Yeah, so they did Lil Abner. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then in 84 and 2003, they did Once Upon a Mattress. Oh. In 2004, they did Titanic. Nice. The Ship of Dreams. 2005, they did Joseph. I wonder how many nice. schools... Joseph would be a good school musical to do. Yeah. I feel like more adult, like... Uh, community theaters do it than schools but maybe i'm wrong hmm. uh in 2006 they did once think- on this island so this is another oh. sort of demographics question <laughs> what's the makeup of well, this thankfully did you know that once on this island has a version where it's not about race it's just about classism it totally makes sense mm. In 1995 <laughs> and in 2007, they did The Music Man. Nice. Yep. Sure. 2008, they did Little Shop. Yeah. In 2009, they did Anything Goes Again. I don't know why they, maybe because they were two different versions. They must have done the oh, Patty LaFone version. the updated version. And then the updated version. Yeah. In 86 and 2010, <coughs> they did Hello, Dolly. In 2011, they did West Side Story. I can't believe it took them that long. Yeah. In 87 and 2012, they did Damn Yankees. In 2013, they did Beauty and the Beast. 2014, mm-hmm. they did Grease, Snore. And in 2015, they did Seussical. Seussical. Cool. I guess they didn't do one this year, or that just must be from last year. Or it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, they've only story. got a couple months of 2016 left. Uh, mm. um, <laughs> uh, Lucy Ann did The Little Mermaid, Thoroughly Modern Millie, and 13. 13 is cool. good, especially if it's a junior high. Right. I don't know about a high school during 13. That would be weird. Uh, Hannah said that her school is now doing Miss Saigon, and there is a high school version of it with no uh, helicopter and presumably no Asian people. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Taylor. Still a suicide, though? Uh, probably. I hope they're (laughs) discussing it. (laughs) And I hope they're discussing the Vietnam War. I hope they have to do, like, historical They're talking way more about choreography than they are about the Vietnam War. Mm -hmm. Also, I hope they study Madame Butterfly. (laughs) Um, Taylor, ah, Taylor, do you, I'm going to take a shot in the dark and guess that you maybe go to a 
Christian school because in addition to doing Little Shop Cinderella, you can't take it with you. The Adams Family almost made in urine town. Also, they did two shows called God's Favorite and The Diviners. Never heard of those ones. So I don't know if those are. I've never heard of them either. Maybe they're obscure or or maybe they're like Christian musicals. But the rest of those Ooh. are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Especially Urinetown. Urinetown is sort of an outlier. And I Little know. Shop. Urintown is, Urintown's also like the perfect show to teach to high school. Well, that and like Little Shop, again, like I hope... I know that we didn't, but we did kind of boring shows with the exception of like Into the Woods. They didn't deal with any real issues. Although I guess we could have talked about like gambling addiction when we did Guys and Dolls. But like, really? that's funny. You know, oh, the musicals, the, the theater that I did in high school, I don't remember any of it connecting to any sort of issues in any other way. Like we were in the drama department and we were about like theater. Right. And like um, well, and as we discussed last week, we did do The Boys Next Door, and there was outreach and, like, learning there, which was at least better than if we were doing a play about special needs people and just, like... <laughs> Guessing. Doing it. Oops, you know, I don't know. Okay, and then we got a couple of emails also from Theo... This is as far back as his high school has ever done musicals, which only started in 2008. Mm. So I don't know what that's about. But um, they did The Sound of Music. Mm. And then The Wizard of... Oh, The Wizard of Orchard Road, Singapore. Oh, I've heard of that one. I think this was a parody using the original songs of the Wizard of Oz, I think. But the script was new. Not sure how they got away with that. They probably just did it and didn't ask anyone. Probably. That's what a lot of schools do. Then they did Oliver, West Side Story, Bugsy Malone, and Hairspray. Nice, Hairspray. And... Mitchell emailed, Mitchell is from Australia, and said, even high schools in Australia do the same shit. And they did Aladdin Jr., Guys and Dolls, The Sound of Music, which this is, this is uh, for you, I think. Imagine me, a smallish senior, 5'8", playing the captain when both my male children, supposedly 11 and 14, are a head taller than me. <laughs> Wait, Love here's it. the best. So I stand on a step for the majority of the show to display dominance. Amazing. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Um, so they didn't do a lot of new stuff, but Mitch did say that there's a bunch of schools doing Legally Blonde and also Hairspray, which said, imagine that with the demographic of Australia. <laughs> Not pretty. Yeah. Disclaimers in the program only do so much. They shouldn't do anything because they shouldn't exist. So it's completely white. Well, yeah, and I'm sure it's that same note that's like, it's magic of theater. Use the magic of theater to imagine these white people are black people. Guys, there's so many other shows. That's so so disappointing, Shaman and Whitman. It's so disappointing. Thousands of other shows you could pick from that have explicitly all white casts. Like, that's what's so fucking absurd. That's what's so absurd is there's like 
there are more musicals to pick from that have all white casts than don't no, have I know. all white casts. I know. And the fact that they continue to pick the show. And I get like, it. Hairspray is a lot of fun and you want to do hairspray. But as a teacher also, this is a good reason to teach your children or your students and their parents why it's inappropriate to do hairspray. But they don't even know. I think they do know that other people will think it's inappropriate. They don't think it's inappropriate. Right. I don't know. Don't do... <sighs> anyway, that... So those are the... Those don't are... be racist. <laughs> yeah. You should just, like, get that. Everybody should get that tattooed. So Everybody they can remind should really themselves. just fucking get that. Stop being so fucking racist. Humans are humans. <laughs> the end. If you, so those are all the suggestions that we got. If you were in high school later, or I mean earlier, like, I don't know, when Emily was in high school or when I was in high school and did a more contemporary show, I'm curious about that also. Because mm. that's what, you know, that's what I was saying last week. What shows could I have been doing at my school that we just didn't do? And I didn't look right. into it. <laughs> yeah. But I'm still curious. Yeah. Still no high schools doing next to normal. Hmm. <laughs> I wonder if there's a high, a high school version of next to normal. I don't think there is. I doubt there is. But I'm sure that there is an ambitious high school somewhere that's doing oh, it. Oh, absolutely. A completely unlicensed version, too, probably. Yeah. Because yeah. I wonder... If some poor 17-year-old is just scrouting her damn face oh, off. Yes. Oh, that would be Wrecking rough. her voice for the rest of her life. But she got to play Diana. <laughs> <laughs> and Alice Ripley probably tweeted at her. And nobody's talking about bipolar disorder. <laughs> <laughs> or like grief or <laughs> anything, anything. They're just doing the show. Right. Uh, God, school theaters forget that they're school theaters. And that yeah. they still have to be teaching. Not just about how to put on a show. But the substance behind the show as well. No, we're learning how to act. Cross curriculum, everyone. Cross curriculum. <laughs> that, like, the history teachers. If you're doing Miss Saigon, the history teachers should be doing units on the Vietnam War. And making their students go see Miss Saigon. And then you can all talk about how wrong it was or how right it was. <laughs> well, I saw a show this week. Yeah, I saw I saw Sell by Date at MTC, one of their uh, few non-white people shows. Yeah, right. Uh, it's a one-woman show by Sarah Jones, and it's amazing. Yeah, yes, Sarah Jones has done a lot of one-woman shows. It's like her thing, <laughs> so it's very yeah. clear that she is you know knows what she's doing, and. Um, is just, I don't want to give too much away because I know you weren't able to come, but I told you that you should definitely see it. And I knew, Mm -hmm. this is what I knew about the show, that it was a one woman show and that it was about like the sex work industry. Mm. And I don't want to tell you any more than that because the the actual conceit, well, just, it was a nice surprise. I don't think it would ruin it. 
but like it was a nice surprise to see how it was actually structured and there is like an sort of an overarching story that goes through that I think wasn't necessary given all of the other things but it added like this other great layer of humanity to the story Mm. and her character work is incredible Mm. like she plays well she like has this main character that is the one sort of discussing the sex work industry i won't say why or how but then she breaks off into other characters giving their experiences with it Mm. and you know she plays men she plays women she plays people of different backgrounds of different races and it's incredible sweet and also i just think overall just a really great piece a really thought-provoking piece it is not condemning nor uh i don't mean like like exalting but like it's realistic about the issues with the sex work industry even as a legal thing while also still not condemning sex workers Mm-hmm. It's great. And everybody should see it if you can. Cool. Including you, Emily. <laughs> and it opens like today? It opens the 18th, so tomorrow. It runs through November 13th. Oh, geez, that's quick. Okay. Yeah, I'll well, it's there. another short run. I mean, maybe maybe it'll extend, you know, all these MTC shows. And this was my mm. first time in that smaller space. And it was really nice. In the basement? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, and I will say that venue also was perfect for how this show is set up as well. Wait, we're talking about the at City two Center theaters? Yeah, the, those. You've never been in either of those? No, no, no. I've been. I've been in the main stage one. I hadn't been in stage two. Oh, stage two. Yeah, the little, the smaller one. one. Yeah. I see. I see. So oh, yeah. cute. I've been, we saw a bunch of shows at stage one. For a second, I like said underground and then all of a sudden in my head, I was like, wait, where am I talking about? Is there an underground at there's at the Freedmen? And then I was like, no, you're not, you're thinking of city center. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What if they added a theater under the Freedmen? <laughs> and only produced plays that took place in lake houses? <laughs> Great. Keep them there. <laughs> and then do other work elsewhere. Paul, call the theater the Lake House. Oh my God, we should start some sort of theater company that's like called, um, like, like your second home or like country house or something like that. Yeah, that only does plays about people, about families going to their reckon, their like country, a family yeah. reckoning at their country house. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they can't be produced anywhere else in the country. That's the no, only place. That's the only place. Oh, you we'll also do a musical adaptation of that Sandra Bullock movie, The Lake House. Okay, okay. Is that the one with the magic mailbox? Yes! <laughs> the magic time machine mailbox! That makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Genius. And I think someone gets in a motorcycle accident. I actually Forget. don't think I've seen that movie, but... Oh, it was terrible. Ugh. It didn't make any sense, but then it was like a love story also. 
I think she was writing yeah. letters with Keanu Reeves. She was, because it was like, Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock together again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right! Because <laughs> they have so much history together in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, that movie was awful. Well, I should watch it. I wonder if it's on It was Netflix. a lot like you would actually... Maybe I'm sure I would love like it, it, like Kate and Leopold. Because it's the same premise as... Yep. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. It's a little more like sad, though, isn't it? Kate and Leopold was like a lot of wacky. Well, like Kate and Leopold is like a romantic comedy, and this is sort of like a romantic drama, sci-fi thriller. Mm. Oh my god, I really need a Kate and Leopold musical. I think the story, (laughs) the nonsense story of Kate and Leopold, would lend itself so well to musical theater. Cast it. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Cast the creative team. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to go with Harvey Firestein and Cindy Lauper. Oh, they, yeah, absolutely. They would be great. They would definitely, certainly Harvey. I hope Cindy, because, you know, Hugh Grant's character, Hugh Grant, Hugh Jackman's character <laughs> needs, like, period songs. So I think it would be mm. a fun, I don't, I don't doubt Cindy's ability. In fact, I would love to see her stretch to that. Hmm. Um, but she wouldn't actually be my first choice just because of that. But that doesn't mean she can't right. do it. Totally. I think it would be fun because they do a lot. They've done a lot of like heavier things. If um, Aaron's and Flaherty came back to like their musical comedy roots. Yes. I would love that. Because they can do a lot of those different styles. That would be great. Yeah. I agree. Um. Now, who would, what about, I think Graham Rowat would be a fantastic Hugh Jackman oh, character. Perfect. I think he would be That's so perfect. good. He would be. And hmm, who for Meg Ryan's character? I like that I'm calling them by the, by the actor's names and their names are literally yeah, Kate and Leopold. Kate and Leopold. <laughs> That's funny. Who could be Kate? Um, who could be Kate? God, who's like musical theater Meg Ryan? Hmm. So like rom-com, but I want someone different. That character is is such a grown-up. I was thinking right. someone like a little older, like Ruthie Ann Miles. Mm. Or and because I have I don't know what she can do comedy-wise, but I bet I know that she had sass in The King and I, and mm-hmm. I bet she could tap into that. Yes. I don't know about, like, the exasperation, but... Because Meg Ryan, I think part of what is, like, so confusing to Leopold, who's from <laughs> the past, is, like, this strong woman telling him what to do. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I like the scene when he, he left dog poop on the sidewalk. Oh, that one's good. <laughs> I think the cop is Viola like, Davis. What? I'm gonna double check on that. I'm fairly certain the cop the fuck in that scene this is Viola Davis. What fucking year did this movie come out? 2001, I believe. Really? I mean, I. What was like? What? What? What do we consider like Viola Davis's like big break? Yeah. 2001 it came out. Um, I don't know. She was a stage actor for a long time. And I think, sadly, sort of mainstream America got to know her in The Help. 
She worked a lot. Yep, right. Viola Davis, policewoman. See, like, because in my mind, I'm like, but why would Viola Davis have an under five in a movie not that long ago? She's very famous. 2001, I mean, you know, that was 15 years ago. A lot happens in 15 years in a career. I feel like Viola Davis has been famous my entire life. (laughs) It's just a feeling, whether or not it's true. Yeah, she had done two Broadway shows by then. And... But she needed that movie money, honey! Yeah, she did. Movie money. Well, I hope she bought a nice apartment. No, I don't know how much you make. For oh, not for that. Movie. Come on. <laughs> Come on. But eventually, the TV work, I mean, the movie part led to more work. Yeah, definitely. Stepping stones to your career. Yeah, I, I'm looking at her IMDb, and I really do think, like, the help is what, she worked a lot. Right. Like, absolutely like worked a ton. Know who she was. But, yeah. Huh. Hmm. Yeah, the help. I can't believe she was the, the lady that was like, you have to clean up your dog shit. Yup. It's the law. And he's like, what? Oh, God. Well, who I'm would be... Who would be Leah Schreiber, who is Kate's, like, wacky ex-husband and he's the one who discovers the like time loop Hmm. Christopher Fitzgerald (gasps) he could Christopher Fitzgerald could play him or he could also play her brother who's played by Brecken Meyer Mm. yeah because he'd be like befriends Leopold and she's like hey cool (laughs) it this guy's a weirdo (laughs) Uh, god she was in the pictures (laughs) Oh my god. <laughs> I love Kate Leopold so much. Oh, I think I'll sorry. watch it tonight. <laughs> I don't know, but this, I think, yeah, it's just nonsensical enough that, like, adding the musical theater element to it would just make right? me so happy. Oh, yeah. It's perfect. I feel like, I hope it happens. It might. It might. It could easily. But, like, the, like, honey, if Honeymoon in Vegas be, can become a musical... Kate right. can become a musical. Come on. Well, we got a lot of news this week. Mm. A lot of good news, including War Paint is coming to Broadway. Very good. We also have Wicked News, but Working we'll get to that later. War Paint is coming to Broadway. No, War Paint. <laughs> Oh, War Paint. Oh, my God. I was like, what? A production of War Paint? You were too busy singing. (laughs) (laughs) War Paint. Christina Rizal and Patti LuPone. (laughs) I know. It's going to be at the Nederlander. That's exciting. And it starts previews March 7th and opens April 6th. Very cool. I like that this says the reviews were mixed and more positive. What? <laughs> so I don't, mixed to positive? Like, okay. Yeah, mixed to positive is how you would say that. <laughs> New York Times. Come on. Uh, I'm very excited. I'm excited mm. that Douglas Sills hopefully will be coming also, <gasps> but I also hear, oh, it does say, yeah, Douglas Sills. 
Yes, it will star good. John Dossett and Douglas Sills. I hear they're underused, but they're men in a play with, or in a musical with Patti LuPone and Christine Ebersol. So what are you going to do? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they should be <laughs> they should underused be. They should be or underused. they should not even be right. in the fucking show. Right. Like, I love Douglas Sills, well, but that's, like, like, it could just be Christine Ebersol. No, absolutely. Wait, is there like an ensemble? Uh, probably. I don't, but it would be great if it was like a two-handed musical. I would see that. <laughs> it would be fantastic. Yeah. I'm so excited. So if you guys, if you don't know, it's about Elizabeth Arden and Helena Rubinstein, who are like rivals in the cosmetic mm. industry. Mm. God, you know who I want to see this musical, like more than anyone? Who? Is Philip and Anne Marie's mom, because oh. she's like a hardcore, like like makeup lady oh what is it she gets she likes the door-to-door sales makeup oh mary Kay. mary Kay. Mm. i want to like go to i would want to see this musical with like a hardcore makeup person oh me too especially like uh, of an older generation when yeah it was like there's such a different idea about what makeup is now than what it was then. Like, I want to go see it with, like, their mom because she's like, I have to put my face on. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, I'm a good southern lady and I would never leave the house without my face on. Like, that's the demographic I want to be surrounded by when I see this musical. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, so it's also the team behind Grey Gardens did this. See, that makes me excited and cautious. Like, I don't know, because Grey Gardens, yes. Well, yeah, you don't want to. No. Oh, that's fair. And I didn't see Far From Heaven. Not a good adaptation. That was a completely failed adaptation Mm, in my mind. Interesting. It didn't capture the movie at all. Well, was it? So this isn't like adapted, and and Grey Gardens was also an adaptation. So then I'm sort of like, whoa. What are their other, do they have other credits of, like, original work? I don't know any of their other shows besides... The the book is by Doug Wright, who won a Pulitzer and a Tony for I Am My Own Wife. Mm. Which I think is a one-man show. Yeah, I think so. And wasn't it Jefferson Mays, I think? Uh, Oh, yeah, yep, that sounds right. Playing lots of characters. Yeah. Doing his Jefferson Mays thing. Doing his Jefferson Mays thing. I want to see Sarah Jones do a production of I Am My Own Wife. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess they've got a hit and a questionable adaptation. I didn't see Far Mm. From Heaven, but obviously since it didn't go anywhere, that confirms that there's... Because didn't Grey Garden started at Playwrights also, and that's where Far From Heaven was? Yep. Interesting. Yeah, it was, like, at Arrington, I want to say, or yeah. one of the other ones yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. like, north of New York uh-huh. in the woods. I remember that. And was it at, at the, Williamsburg, the Williamsburg Williams Theater Town Festival? Williamstown Theater Festival. Yeah. Williamstown. Williamstown, yeah, not Williamsburg. <laughs> right, right. The Williamsburg Theater. <laughs> yeah, Williamstown, that's that would be. Oh, God. And, um, yeah. I just, it was a disappointment. Yeah. Well, and then, so then this is interesting that they're going this route, that they did the Chicago tryout. Mm. 
Um, and I don't know what it was before that. Maybe they did similar smaller places or productions elsewhere, but I guess maybe they learned from the far from heaven to do, they'd try a bigger staging before bringing it to New York. I don't know. Mm. Well, that's happening. And potentially we have a lady versus lady, although I don't like pitting ladies against each other. Glenn Close it's still in talks that that Sunset Boulevard might transfer. I don't know. I mean, it's this kind of season? a non-story. But, yeah, it says, uh, well, it's based on the post, so I'm assuming it's a Riedel article. So he's usually right, even if he's a garbage person, that it's a definitely a go, but you can't say it's definitely because it's not, for the palace in January. Hmm. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Riedel. Sunset Boulevard. I don't know. I'm interested to see a production of Sunset Boulevard because I never have. I'm not really interested to see Glenn Close, but if she um, yeah, if like, she's honestly, a standby, I'd probably rather go see that, depending that's on... That's sort of how I feel. Like, I... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I don't... I don't really have that much interest. Yeah. It's not even and like a patty really, loyalty thing. I just right. She's and not, it's not even like I understand that Glenn Close is, is an amazing actor. Yeah, absolutely. Just, like that show. I, there's so many other people. Yeah. Yeah, and she's done it already. Like, and I get coming back it to it, but like, let someone else do it. Come on. This is the first revival. Well, yeah, like, and what's the point? It's not even, like... It's the fucking point of doing a revival of, like, the same shit. It's just, like, a revamp of a production. It's just, like, a whatever. I mean, I don't know who's directing it or what their plan is, but come Lonnie on. Price directed it. Directed the original? No, the like, the London revival that this would be a transfer uh, of. Who, who... I don't know if he... Like, like, is it a different production? Is it, like, a vastly different production from the original? Or is it, like, just a production of Sunset Boulevard that Glenn Close is in? I think that it is, is a different production. But I don't know. I'm looking to see if this article says anything. I don't know if, how like, how different. Yeah, I guess I just feel like... I don't know, whatever. Also, you do you, girl. if all of the, if all of, if that does open and all the other shows stay open, Andrew Lloyd Webber would have four shows on Broadway. But you know, nobody wants to hire me. I'm <laughs> unemployed right now. And one of them would still be a new, me. well, newer show because it would be School of Rock. Mm-hmm. So it's not even like all of his old chestnuts. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I wish I were more excited about it. Yeah. Uh, earlier I said we did have Wicked news, and that is that Shirley Ralph is going to be in Wicked. Dude, what the heck is the most exciting Wicked news to happen <laughs> in years? <laughs> Since Lindsay Mendez. I mean, Shirley Ralph? Every time... Is she playing Madame Morrible? Yeah. Every time I hear that, though, I always think, like, any actress who plays Madame Morrible deserves so much better. 
I mean, it's, it's a gig, I mean, and it's be, probably a lot of fun. You could but like, put her in the alphabet track, and we'd all be okay uh, with it. I would definitely be okay with it. Like, she's going to take over for Judy Kay. Why is Judy Kay in Wicked? I mean, it's a gig. And again, she's like, I don't judge people for taking gigs. I just want so much more for all of these women. Yeah, I mean, we all do. <laughs> yeah. Like, Shirley Ralph, as, as terrible as the wizard song, make her the wizard. Make her the wizard! <laughs> right? Yeah! Make her the fucking wizard! You fucking sexist pieces of shit! <laughs> Make her the fucking wizard! Like, do you really, like, people really are so attached to, like, fucking gender that you can't even think past, like, like how fucking amazing that would be instead of making her fucking Madame Morble with no songs. Cheryl Lee Ralph? No songs? That's offensive. I know. She's Cheryl Lee Ralph. I know. She needs songs. (gasps) I was just watching an episode of Star Trek Voyager with Joel Grey as a guest star last night. Joel Grey. And he was like really Joel Greying it up. Great. Was he wearing circle glasses? I think I put glasses? some of it on my Instagram story. Oh, okay. No, but he had like alien prosthetics on his nose oh, that gave him like this cute little button nose, <laughs> or like emphasized his cute button nose. Yeah. Also, because he was like playing a wacky, like mentally ill character. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. Your faves are problematic. Well, yeah, like, you know, when they're, like, wacky and weird and then, you know, and he's like, I have to find my wife. And then later you're like, oh, the wife is dead. Oh. And he's, like, gone crazy with guilt. Oh. Yeah. That's a bummer. (laughs) But seriously, put fucking Cheryl Lee Ralph in the wizard track, you dicks. Like, come on. Yeah. That would be so awesome. I just thought of that right now. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that would be so awesome it would be awesome I want to see that <laughs> and progress just isn't happening fast enough I know progress faster and make Shirley Ralph alphabet yeah one woman wicked so, one woman wicked Shirley Ralph oh my god <laughs> I could be in our she could go in our rep house doing that I our one Shirley woman version Ralph. rep house oh my god. <laughs> Well, we did get some more casting for the color purple. It's sort of like a change-up. Danielle Brooks is leaving the show November 13th, which, I mean, especially for how busy she probably is and being the name that she is, I'm so happy she was with the show for so long. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know what the Orange is the New Black filming schedule is because they do, you know, like short seasons, so it's not. Right. But she also, like, she just got that... Like, clothing campaign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but she's leaving, and so they are, I guess, not promoting because it's a featured, it's more of a featured role, but moving Carrie Compare, who is one of the church ladies, and she's going to be Sophia. That's fucking awesome. And she's great. I can't wait to see her as Sophia. Yeah. I really want to go go back, like, Well, you see. know, Jennifer Holiday. Yeah, see Jennifer Holiday, see her, see the color purple just in the general. Yeah. Everybody should see the color purple just in general. Mm-hmm. And then there's a crazy casting notice. 
So I don't know. Have we talked about the perfect crime on this podcast a little bit? Oh my Maybe god, it must have come it, up, right? right? It must have come up. We haven't actually seen it, but it is something of New York theater lore. It's an off-Broadway play that's been running for a million years, and the main, the lead role. Uh, it's like a who done it. Yeah, so Catherine. Russell, a Guinness Book world record holder for having never missed a performance in the show's 30-year history. It opened in 1987. That is when I was born. <laughs> She's been playing this role as long as you've been alive. Whoa, 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 wait. I'm sorry. She said that the show opened in 1987 and she hasn't missed a performance in the 30 years that the show has been happening? I was born in 1987, and I am 28 years old. All right, I guess they she rounded up. She is lying. <laughs> Liars! Maybe, maybe it had life before that, before it opened where it opened. <laughs> That's hilarious. Listen, I love this. I love these stats that they oh that they gave them. So your stats listen, are wrong. No, but listen to the rest of them. Ms. Russell has spent over 2.7 years of her life, nearly 24,000 hours on stage. She has shot 93 <gasps> different men and kissed 62 others. Nearly 108. 100,000 bullets have been fired on stage. I mean, not really. And over 6,000 prop coffee cakes have been eaten. Okay. I guess they eat coffee cake. The show has employed 245 actors during its three decades long existence. It should say nearly, but whatever. Wow. Um, So anyway, joining Catherine Russell off Broadway in The Perfect Crime will be Gary Busey. Fucked up. How is that happening? <laughs> That's just, wow. I want to know how much he's being paid. Not very much. I mean, it's the same. I mean, right? Like, like A, he, mm, that motherfucker is desperate. Like, I think, that is yeah. like, I think maybe, right? I don't know Gary Busey, but I feel like they came to him, they probably came to him and he was like, that sounds fun. Or like, you know. Right. Wasn't he, like, arrested for drugs? He has had some problems. I think he, from what we can see from the outside, I think, anyway, he's still a little kooky, but he, like, is, you know, he's okay. Um, Mm. And if he managed his money well, he worked a lot for a long time. So maybe this isn't desperation, and it's just like, oh, wait, I'm sorry. No way, man. Also, he's only in it for two weeks. That's weird. (laughs) I literally I, I just want to know how this happened. I don't know. I'm very curious how this happened. I don't know. I don't know. So curious. Oh man. I'm just really imagining a scene from like Curb Your Enthusiasm where Gary Busey is having lunch at the Ivy with someone who is like in a situation where they're like a you know, they're like if I don't get Gary Busey to be in the show, the show's going to close. <laughs> I have to convince him by any means necessary. And he's like sitting there being like, Gary, like this is the acting opportunity of your life. Like people need to be reintroduced to like the gritty, gritty actor that Gary Busey is who like does theater. And he's like, yeah, yeah, totally, man. I got to get back into acting. <laughs> 
Jeez. <laughs> I'm just. I mean, honestly, I just imagine that three act play. The my most recent experience with Gary Busey was when he was on The Celebrity Apprentice. Oh so God, and that was right. like gold. Aside from the shit show it has created now in American politics, that was gold. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe it's time we go see the perfect crime. <laughs> but now that I'm seeing that know, it's a man. two week engagement, I'm like, that seems like too much work for me to try and figure that out. <laughs> I know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe if we email them and we if we can get free tickets ASAP, like easily. Yeah. That sounds like a train wreck that might be worth an hour or two. I could shoot them an email. I mean, we did see the Fantastics with Aaron Carter. And and this is know, so this right? is like the same production company and the same they're in the same complex, the same like right. flyer team the at TKTS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even, like, you know, how Broadway World just pastes the information that they get, even at the bottom, it's like, the perfect crime plays at this theater, and the Fantastics plays at the Jerry Orbach Theater, <laughs> at the same location. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. I mean, I sat through the sound and the fury, I feel like I can sit through Oh, anything. absolutely. Ugh. Well, some rare good news from a big uh, American corporation Disney is going to share Broadway Frozen profits with the actors. Right. Shocking. But great. Ugh, the Wall Street Journal won't let me read this article. <laughs> oh, fuck you. <laughs> let me find a different article. That. But yeah, isn't that like, whoa, Disney, Disney. See, you know what I love about this? Is that if Disney does it, what's everybody else's excuse? Well, unfortunately, I think it might be the opposite because Disney should do that. I mean, I they, get it because, like, they have um, so much yeah, money. Exactly. But the point of sharing your profits is, like, like the reason why you're not sharing your profits is because you're being greedy. And if Disney is showing that they're well, not going to sure. be greedy about this and share their profits with the artists, the people that are creating the thing that's making the money. Right. Certainly. What's your excuse? Yeah, certainly other big companies. And that's the whole problem with this. Like lab was meant, the labs were at least initially, I guess, were meant to protect those smaller companies. But then these big companies were taking advantage right. of that. Right. <sighs> And I liked your, you know, I, I liked your point on Twitter about obviously the next step is then to share with all of the other people who are involved as well. Right. Yeah. You know, obviously creative team for the most, like the, the base creative team, the book writers and the composer and lyricists have always had that because it's their work. Right. But then now we add the actors and then beyond that, like. I don't know, do costume people, costume designers, lighting designers, because we know that that those designs would so. are continued. Like, right? Like, even in productions where you have license to do whatever you want, you're almost always taking cues, especially smaller companies, regional theaters, community theaters, from the Broadway production. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I'm a socialist. So. Oh. 
<laughs> I don't think I'm actually a socialist. I'm an anarchist. I'm a socialist. Um, and <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's the next step. It took us this long sort of to get to this step and hopefully it will be the norm now. It was, and then right. it wasn't, and then, I mean, it's always been back and forth. I just, I just hope, uh, I hope someone, like, personally delivered this article to Lin-Manuel Miranda at his, you know, like, breakfast nook, <laughs> and was like, I'm just going to drop this here. Just, no comment. Just, whatever. Just think about it. <laughs> I mean, Leslie Bye. tweeted about it. So good for you, Disney. You have all the money in the world. Yeah. You don't need the actor's money. See, I mean, it is possible. You can be like a super racist, like, you know, I don't know. Wasn't Walt Disney like pro-Nazis probably? Yeah, like you can be really a, horrible yep. and like love Nazis and hate black people <laughs> and found a company. And then like years later, you can turn it around a little bit. A little bit. It's possible to do something good, even though your company was founded in bad. Yep. Well, especially because now you're dead and we can do whatever you wouldn't want us to do. We can do whatever we want, motherfucker. Walt Disney piece yeah, of shit. Yeah, Disney continues to be a double-edged sword. They do a lot of great things, and then, you know, there's always something to sort of be like, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Disney is definitely still more evil than not evil, I would think, in my opinion. Sure. But they did a good thing. It's just, yeah, I mean, it's sort of like one of those things where you're like, oh, I guess we're like congratulating you for doing the thing that you should just do. I know. And it sucks, but we have to do that to make other people feel, quote unquote, safe doing it, too. And it's bullshit, but that's the way it is. Bullshit. Yeah. Well, you wanted to talk to me about the Miranda Sings show on Netflix, which I haven't watched yet. So tell me all about it. You haven't watched it yet. I watched a few episodes and it's really funny. I really enjoyed it. The tone is very Napoleon Dynamite. Um, but yeah, it's like really, it's pretty funny. Um, her mom is played by Angela Kinsey. Oh, yes. From the office. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's fucking brilliant. I love her and what she's doing. She's hilarious. And like, it's, I don't know, it is fun and interesting to watch. Like, I, I'm not like super familiar with like the timeline of her videos, but I kind of think what's happening in the show is that. They are tracking the videos like she released them. Interesting. And sort of, it's, it's sort of like the backstory of like, like the first episode is her putting up her very first video and like why she's putting it up in the after, like all that shit. Hmm. So it's like, it is sort of like her origin story, which is fun. Yeah. Well, also because. So I guess on that aspect, then I'm really curious to see where like in real life you know, she was, like, doing shows, like, actually started to, like, do shows with famous people, yeah. so I'm curious to see if that will happen, or... I'm not even done with the right, first right, season right. yet, so... I, and, because she's so interesting to me, because I always, like, I remember when she seemed so niche, mm-hmm. and I don't know when that happened, that, like, people outside the musical theater world started paying attention to her. 
Because I think that right. we well, started I mean, doing our own thing, and I don't mean this in like a shitty way, but I just I just stopped like I I would see things that she was doing every now and then, but I wasn't right. Like, well, I think we it. were both uh, not paying attention to her like very loyal and very real like YouTube following. Right, right, right. You know, because she's like a legit YouTube channel Absolutely. with subscribers and like all that stuff. So like that's where like the mass fan base comes from, I think. Yeah. Cause she has one as herself, Colleen Ballinger also. Yeah. It is funny. Oh man. I love that. Like she lives in Tacoma, which is South of Seattle. Mm-hmm. And it's so, Oh yeah. There's perfect. like a lot of great. It's so perfect. Ugh, great. Just like the house they live in. I'm like, Yes. That house, that block, that street, yeah, that's in Tacoma. Like, yeah. Great. Oh, and, like, when, they're, you know, there's an episode where they're talking about, like, getting a big gig in the city mm-hmm. in Seattle. Oh! <laughs> it's really funny. That's great. It's really hilarious. That's great. Well, I... Yeah, I, I definitely recommend it. It's funny. Okay. It's really funny. Okay. I didn't even know it was happening. I, like, all of a sudden, it was, like, got an email that was, like, Netflix, there's a show you might like. And I was like, what? That's funny. Yeah, I feel like I had seen a few things about it or that she was getting a show or something. And then, yeah, I was on, like, my front page. And I was like, oh, all right. Yeah. Well, I'll check it out. Yeah, it's really good. One more thing is that I want to direct everybody to pay attention to our Twitter page this week, at Patty and Emily. Patty, the letter N, Emily. Because (laughs) we're going to do a giveaway for tickets to Sweet at the National Black Theater. Woo! So stay tuned. I'm so excited to see that. that. Yeah, I know. Me too. Carolee, 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 update! Carolee Carmelo rode her bike down to the Tenement Museum. Ooh! She uh, um, and a bunch of people spotted her also. All these people tweeted at her being like, I think I just like Carolee Carmelo on a bike. Oh, that's hilarious. And Carolee was like, yes, it's me. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. I love it. And yeah, isn't it great? She used these emojis. I don't. She used an emoji of a person on a bike and then the lady symbol. Okay. So she's like, I don't know if those emojis are lady, connected to each lady other. Lady on a bike. Lady on a bike. <laughs> Wait, I just need to see if those emojis are connected or if she manual, like, did she put in an emoji of a person on a bike and then also put in the lady symbol because she was like, I'm a lady. Yeah, she did. Cool. That's so so great. She said, I went down to visit the Tenement Museum to remind myself about our history and the lives of immigrants. Oh, my Hashtag gosh. Hashtag relevant. Carolee, which tour did you take? I love the Tenement Museum. <laughs> I've taken... I've never been. I've taken a couple of tours there. I did one that was about immigrant families. So I think, uh, I think that was the... Fo- I mean, they're like all immigrant families, but you can take different focuses. So this one was sort of like different immigrant families through the years of the tenements. There's one that's like Irish focused. I also took one that was about the building itself. That was really interesting. How many times have you been? Just twice. It's a little expensive. So it's a thing that I like to recommend when people come to visit because I want to go all the time, but 
I, I understand that, like, the, the price versus going to a free or um, recommended donation museum is more uh, realistic for some people because I think it's, like, mm. like, 20 bucks or something. It's worth it, but I, you know, it's not. Right. It's a little more than I think some people, because they're guided tours. It's not just like a walk around, see, take, you know. Right. Um, but they're really cool. I like the Tenem Museum. Two thumbs up. Carolee, let's you go to the Tenem Museum. Exactly. Let's go right. together. Let's take a nice bike ride and go to the Tenem Museum. I'll meet you there. I'm not going to ride the bike there. <laughs> Now it's time for the Audra McDonald Tweet of the Week. On October 16th at 10.27 p.m., Audra McDonald responded to someone else tweeting, when you sit at home on a Saturday wondering, when is Audra having that baby? And Audra said, what do you think I'm doing? Hashtag same thing. Hashtag baby ignoring my texts. (laughs) Oh, man. It's funny that... In addition to wondering when her baby is going to be born, Audra also is dealing with people wondering when uh, her baby is going to be born who don't know her. And I don't know. Maybe she does know this person. Maybe she does. Maybe, maybe she, she does. doesn't. If you don't know her and you tagged her, I have questions for you. Uh, I just think, like, listen, we're all excited that Audra McDonald's having a baby. It's great. But, like, She'll tell us when it's born. Right. And this wasn't the first person this week that she responded to who asked when (laughs) she was having her baby, which also means that if she responded to two people asking her that, about 15 more people asked her that. And she only responded to two of them. And also just assume that if she hasn't told you she's had the baby, it means she hasn't. Yeah. And... So you answered your question. Right, throughout her pregnancy, too. I mean, maybe you're not following her, you're not paying attention. We're obviously looking at her tweets every week. But she has consistently, like, she's not telling people when she's due. It's not like she makes jokes and is like, you know, I don't know, when the baby decides it's due, she obviously has a due date and has decided not to disclose that date to the public. uh, has... She's a, an, a, a grown woman. Yeah. She has a life. Yeah. And she chooses to share some of it right. on Twitter, but not all of it, which doesn't mean that those other parts of her life don't exist. Or... Just means she's not sharing them! Or that you're automatically entitled to know about them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But Audra is Audra and is still dealing with all of this with her classic humor and grace. Mm. that's our show until next week you can follow us on twitter at at patty the letter n emily patty n emily you can follow us individually at patty with y and at emily Faye oakley and find us anywhere else on the internet by searching patty and emily be sure to subscribe to us on itunes rate us and leave us a comment and we'll read it on the show send us your topic suggestions questions dreamcasts etc and in the meantime go go see live theater. theater